0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good midnight. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, this is Joy in Java, and I'm Pastor Brian. I'm here with Pastor Kristen All, and we are pleased, most pleased and excited to be with you today. We're so touched that you would choose to click on that little Joy in Java picture on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, and to listen to us talk about the Scriptures and we're ready to do it yet again this week. We are in Galatians 4. We're going to be going 4, 1 through 20. But before we dive in, my kids just had a piano recital last night, and we're beaming with pride over here in the Donahue house. They did so good. They were so cute. They got dressed up a little bit, and it was just it was fun hanging out with other people and seeing the fruit of their hard work. It was really nice.
1: Yeah, that's the best, isn't it? I don't think there's any greater joy than um, seeing your kids um, just do what they're made to do. It's it's a, an amazing thing. Yesterday, I, we've been playing with Jay's artwork, his photography a little bit. And we got some prints of his artwork done on um, metal printing. I don't know if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and holy cow, I i was beaming and then watching (laughs) him look at them i'm like now tell me that you you know tell me these aren't professional photography Uh, it's just uh yeah it's the best isn't it it really is so he was satisfied
0: with what he was looking at then obviously it turned out really
1: pleased
0: that's so cool that's a great feeling
1: yeah no it was it was good he's always because he does photography always disappointed um, at the difference between how it looks on his screen Absolutely, and how it looks yeah. in a print, because you lose so much. So he was really excited to get these metal prints because they have—they actually have, I think, more life than on a screen because oh, wow. they're a little yeah. bit translucent. So the the colors are vibrant and things mm. are sharp and oh yeah, they're beautiful. That's they're a good word, so. vibrance.
0: And that—that that was kind of what I was going to say is you lose a lot of the vibrance of photos. Yes. Uh, You know, they look so bright because they're backlit and, you know, just how they how they turn it just I, I that's for me too been a issue occasionally is man, right. that picture does not look as good as it did on my camera. And
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Well, exactly. Cool. The
1: only other hard part is you you know, like I posted some pictures of them. That doesn't do them justice. Like you really almost there's just something you have to
0: see and in then, person. They
1: almost look like they're backlit, you know. Yeah. So and and really then cool. there's yeah.
0: there's the Facebook effect. Facebook actually when you put pictures Facebook diminishes the quality as well. And sure. So sure. it just, not that Jay is all over Facebook down. these days, but you know, <laughs> uh, I know somebody else who yeah. is, and that's a problem for yeah, them. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> he's got two thumbs. Exactly. And yeah. Uh, well, Kristen, as you know, I've been dabbling a lot with writing. I've written a book and released that, and I'm working, thinking about publishing it through an actual publisher. Uh, to get a wider market available for it and everything and help with that but i've also i also love writing short stories i've come to find out uh in the last really three to four months and i think i might be getting a niche for that like that's kind of what's exciting to me and i had the opportunity to write a inspirational blog for a website that hopefully will get published here in the next couple months Uh, But it's supposed to be humorous. It's supposed to have a point to it. It's supposed to be about real life. And so I thought as a way to do something a little bit different on our podcast this week, I would read this. It's just under a thousand words, I think. So it's not super long. Uh, but I hope this will encourage those that are listening to this. And so when when you hear the title of this, you might also go, I know what he's talking about, at least from time to time.
1: <laughs> and I hope
0: this will make you laugh. But I also hope this will, in a way, feed into the sonship in the air that we're talking about in or that Paul's talking about in chapter four of Galatians, at least a little bit, even if we have to stretch it a bit. Um, but I just, it's on my heart to share this. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. Are you ready, Kristen? You got your cup of coffee and okay. So, uh, it's titled the day I realized that I knew nothing about being a parent. It hit me in my pride, like a sucker punch. I was a sucker in reality was the clenched fist doing the punching. I didn't know anything about being a parent, how hard it is, Or the stamina and patience it took to be a good one. I was standing in the grocery store checkout line with my beautiful, perfect little angel. She was about (laughs) one year old, and I was considering myself to be a candidate for dad of the year. My daughter, Peyton, was a gift from the Lord, and I was God's gift to parenting. Or so I thought. Before having kids, I would witness the occasional outburst of an unruly and misbehaving child in public, (laughs) such as the grocery store checkout line or a restaurant. The screaming child would go on and on, and the parent would just stand there seeming to do absolutely nothing. Nothing. They would just stare off into the distance like a Broadway actor (laughs) pretending to fall in love on stage or dreaming about a better future. I would click my tongue, shake my head and declare to myself, that's a parenting problem. Obviously, that parent allows this nasty child to get away with such behavior at home. Additionally, I would say to myself, that will never happen to me if I ever become a parent. You're probably (laughs) shaking your head and smiling at my ridiculous assumption that I knew anything about being a parent when I had never actually been one before. Well, years later, after a whopping one year of experience under my belt, I thought I had it all together until that fateful day when it happened to me. I was a good dad. My daughter was a laid-back, well-behaving little girl who loved to please her parents with her obedience. She hardly ever cried in anger or selfishness. In fact, I think that I believe that I was raising the world's first perfect child. (laughs) Then my wife and I take our perfect little family out to eat. We had done this several times in the past and felt we were excelling in this area. We were above average parents in our own minds and had absolutely no fear of being publicly humiliated by our perfect little angel until that night, all of a sudden for no reason at all, my little angel became demon possessed. (laughs) She started screaming and screaming and screaming at the top of her lungs. I'm talking about the type of screaming that makes you want to curl up and fade into oblivion. It's so loud. My wife and I made several attempts to please this alien sitting before us, this person we didn't know existed, this spontaneous combustion of rebellion and selfishness. We failed and we felt like failures. In a few moments, I found myself staring off into the distance, trying to get to my happy place. (laughs) I sat there in stunned shock at the realization as the realization hit me. My child had lost her ever loving mind. I mean, Mm -hmm. what was the matter with her? Did she not know the love she enjoyed and the great privilege of having us as her parents? I sat there just like a Broadway actor, staring off into the horizon of a hopefully better future i came into remembrance of my attitude towards parents in my previous lifetime i call it the time before which is that space in my life when i knew nothing that i thought i knew about anything (laughs) it was actually a spiritual moment for me as the lord began to minister to my heart my pride began to break down while sitting at that table as i realized this one-year-old was incapable of being reasoned with at that moment. It was I who needed to be reasoned with by the Holy Spirit. My own foolish pride had convinced me that I was more capable and patient than I actually was. So far, besides the sleepless nights, parenting my daughter had seemed easier than I had imagined. Therefore, this overassuming first-time parent had leaped all too quickly to the conclusion that I was a genius-level parent as my daughter screamed her face off i repented of every prideful and arrogant judgment i'd ever placed on those poor parents in the past (laughs) we couldn't even finish our meal the waitress was very nice to us as we asked for our check in boxes so we could take our food home to eat later we needed to escape the current humiliation as soon as possible and allow the people around us to eat in peace as we walked out with our screaming child and our food in our hands We must have looked pretty pathetic and embarrassed because I noticed something. An older couple sitting in a booth who were watching this spectacle take place. They tilted their heads in apparent solidarity and gave me a look that seemed to say, it's going to be okay. It happens to the best of us. Keep going. In that moment, I was reminded of the grace of God and how absolutely amazing it is. In that chaos, God was teaching us patience, humility, and a little about the perfect love He has for us. Moments prior, I wanted to drop kick my kid through the front window of the restaurant. However, as I began to recognize the grace of God over my life and how He loved me through some pretty dark and shameful times of my own, He never abandoned me or stopped loving me. He let me kick and scream and embarrass myself until I calmed down enough to recognize that he loved me and nothing I could ever do would take that away that love. As I put my daughter in her car seat, strapped her in, perhaps a little tighter than normal. I kissed her (laughs) little red cheek and said, I love you, my daughter. She paused for a moment, sucked her snot back up her nose, (laughs) looked at me and proceeded to scream her face off even louder. Thankfully, I was now refreshed in the grace of God and had been gifted an extra measure of love and patience for this wonderful gift God had blessed us with. Also, it was a good thing my wife was driving home.
1: That's lovely, Brian. I have long said, uh, with some of my other friends, that there needs to be some kind of universal signal of solidarity from parents to other parents in public. I yes. love that you talked about that with that older couple because you you're always so embarrassed. And any parent that remembers what it was like is rooting for you, right? Like, hang yeah. in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Airplane rides.
0: <laughs> We, we, Davin and I, in particular, we're trying, like, if we see parents with kids that are just being loud, we try to engage with them if we can, you know, we try to make sure they know we're cool, that we understand, you know, sh- shouldn't be too embarrassed, you know, because um, sometimes as parents, we get embarrassed by regular kid noise, too, in public places. Right,
1: right. That yeah. really
0: is pe- happy kids are usually a pleasure to listen to as long as they're not being super duper loud and obnoxiously happy, you know, like, yeah. like if they're just making normal kid noises and they're happy, that's usually good for people's hearts. Right. I mean, I don't know. I just,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think uh happy children are always a blessing. And, uh, but children are a blessing, period, and it's good for us to uh, to to be encouraging to one another, even in those moments. Yeah, love right. that.
0: There, there was one other time I was with my mom and dad. Devin was out of town, and I had Peyton, in, and she was really super young, and I was giving her some ice, some soft serve ice cream after dinner at this restaurant, and. Uh, she, I was feeding it to her too fast. She just wanted more and more. And she got what I believe was her first brain freeze, mm-hmm. where she paused and hesitated. And then you could just see her eyes get real big and then just this blood curdling scream, you know? And I realized right away what I had done. I'd feed her, yeah. fed her the ice cream too fast. So I just comforted her, you know, I just kissed her and, you know, and there was again another old couple sitting a few tables away. And as I walked by, and they had apparently come from church. It was a Sunday afternoon because they were all very well dressed. The man had a suit on and the wife a dress. And uh, he grabbed me by my arm as I walked by their table. He says, young man, I just want you to know that I see you and you're a good dad. Keep going. Keep it up. You're doing great. I'm proud of you.
1: Wow. You
0: know, and I remember like just that was so good to my young yeah. parents' heart, you know? And Peyton, again, yeah. she was being lovely during the meal. It wasn't yeah. like there wasn't anything crazy going on or I was. I felt like I was struggling. He just reached out to a young man and said, good job, I'm proud of you, keep going, you know? So mm. do that for somebody, won't you? If, if, yeah, you know, you feel you're in that category where you can encourage a younger parent, uh, do that once in a while. You never know how it's gonna affect people. So we are going to dive into Galatians 4 and uh, talk a little bit about being an heir and some other things. And we're going to break this up actually today. Um, This is all Kristen's idea and I love it because it's going to hopefully make us make the this episode feel just a wee bit different than normal. But I think it's going to be helpful to understanding more of the different uh, parts of this uh, today. So yeah, Krista, will you give us just a brief update of where we're at, and uh, as you normally do, so um, excellently.
1: Yeah, well, we're uh, as Aaron has been saying in our house church, we're getting into the weeds here on Paul's um, trying to explain to the Galatians his frustration and his concern and the um, the ideas at stake um, as the Galatians are wrestling with these other teachers that have come from Jerusalem and are trying to get them to submit, particularly to circumcision, Um, but just to think that faith in Jesus is not enough to be Part of the body. And so Paul's been, I feel like when you're desperately trying to communicate with somebody and you keep coming at it from, okay, try this, try this. That's kind of what Paul's been doing. And um, the last thing that he was using in chapter three to try to explain to them uh, was talking about the law as a custodian. Um, and, and so in four, he's going to shift, he's going to continue that, but shift a little bit more towards the household um, as he's just trying to explain, you know, how does the law and um, faith in Jesus work together? Uh, what's the purpose of the law? So, yeah, I think that's, that'll get us going good there. So, um, Brian, do you want to go ahead and read for us four, one through eight?
0: What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent a son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so Paul is continuing here in his um, comparisons, but he's now he's comparing a slave. Which at that time, this is an important thing to note. That would not be a racial um, class right, of people. Right. These were usually people who were conquered, um, who were slaves. But it, it's quite a different meaning in this time frame than it would be for us. But he's saying, you know, that that a slave works for the family and then stops, but an heir, a child it participates in the life of the family, but for an inheritance. And it's a very different position in the end.
0: Right. And even to an extent, um, I, I read, I actually did some reading, uh, in a commentary this week, Kristen, that, uh, talked about this being ex- really in, from a perspective of the Greek culture too. um, this word "heir" in that, uh, you, in that culture, you might be an heir, but you weren't necessarily treated as such until the appointed time. And so, you—that's—that's yeah. that's why some of the slave language is in there too. Is that you still had to work, you still had responsibilities and things that were expected of you. It's not that you were treated like a prince necessarily, where right. you had—you right. know—you could lay around all day and tell others yeah. what to do. Uh, you still had to work uh, and that's interesting in that culture you know that, that they valued that in that you you know you, you you almost in a way worked your way up to that you know to where you mm-hmm. understood life right. better and I'm not right. making any salvific uh, right. uh, points right. here which is talking uh, topic but yep just culture um, is that you understood life better. then when it came time to inherit, you probably, Respected it more. You probably appreciated it more, um, and you knew how to manage it better as well. So, just interesting there.
1: It is interesting, and some of the reading I was doing talked about that as well. Um, in Roman culture, you know, you you were never adopting to save the poor orphan, <laughs> or right. because you wanted more people in your family. You adopted because you wanted a successor. If you did not have a male Mm. child who could be a successor in your family, you were so it's much more like picking the next person to head up your organization, Uh. which also means that there's one. There's not heirs there is yeah. an error, yeah. and um, that really impacted me as we're reading this. Like it's a revolutionary idea. It kind of going back a little bit to what Paul was doing at the end of three, but talking about we are all heirs. We all have access, the same access to the inheritance, mm. um, and that that's pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, it is. And and Eve, I think Eve, it's inter- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I this whole idea of sonship, um, mm. and also that God sent His sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, like it's just it's just seeping and oozing of relationship, you know, mm. of being more than just like it says, you know, we were um, under the law. But mm. no longer, you know, mm. because mm. of Jesus and the relationship he wants with us. Um, but we're God's ch- children. And again, yeah. I think it's powerful, Kristen, that you pointed out the heirs, not just heir. Yeah. This is <laughs> open yeah. to anyone who wants to receive this. Uh, yeah. And that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, that's another interesting uh, nuance there, Brian, that you just pointed out, which is that, you know, in our culture, in our, I think every culture, the the adoptee doesn't get to pick. The adopter picks. Um, but as you just pointed out, God has opened the way for any one of us. Anyone yeah, who chooses yeah. to be a part of that family. And that's that's pretty cool also. And,
0: and, and yeah. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. You know, anyone that wants yeah. to come to the Father must come through me. And I love this symbolism of calling out Abba, Father. You know, there are certain times, I just read a story about my daughter, there are times when she calls out to me when I know mm-hmm. she needs me. There's other times she calls out to me and I'm like, (laughs) Peyton, like, come on, you know? Um, And I'll walk all the way up the stairs and it's something, you know, kind of small. She just wants to say something cute to me, you know? Uh, But then there's times when both of my kids will call my name and there is great intentionality. There is great um, desire or need, needs a good word. You know, they actually need something. And so my father's heart is to respond to that in kind. And since Mm. Jesus does that for us, and he did Mm. that for us on the cross, and he did that when he walked out of the grave and when the veil torn in the temple and, you know, we're no longer under this law. It's just so powerful how the father responds to that. And he responds to that by making us his children. And we are joint heirs. in this kingdom. It's, it's really remarkable.
1: Yeah. It's really, really cool. Well, should we keep going forward in Paul's argument here? All right. Um, I'll go ahead and read the next block here, starting in eight. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slave to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you.
0: <laughs> this is an yeah. emotional plea. This is, yeah. you know, Paul's done so much arguing from a theological perspective from this is who Jesus is just the facts, the figures, the logical, like, you know, now this is Paul saying this is a personal plea Mm. from Paul. You know, this is him in a way playing on their emotions too. And I think it's effective here. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, And he's really sort of, um, arced out in shorthand his whole argument, right? He's like, you know, before you didn't know God and you were enslaved to the stuff around you, you know, and now you know God, or rather I love this, or known by God, which is a <laughs> uh, beautiful little, and he's like, and now you're choosing to be enslaved again, maybe different reasons, but you're going right back to a, a slavery of some of sort, and so uh, I love that He's, he's like here's the bottom line kind of of my argument right like are you picking slavery or not or why would you go back to that I I think that's um you and you could certainly understand his frustration right like
0: yeah 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 well, even I, I love in the NIV and I think I think you were reading from the NIV
1: those yeah.
0: weak and miserable forces. <laughs> you know, again, this is another one of those passages of Scripture, Kristen, where we can click our tongues and shake our heads and say, oh, these people just couldn't get it. But I've we do this in our own lives. We go back to weak yeah. and miserable forces when we try to do things of our own strength, our own ambition and will, and yeah. our own yeah. logic and reason. And instead of really, truly relying on Jesus... Now, it's not, right. I just want to be clear. It's not that God doesn't use our logic and reason for his glory. It's just that so, sometimes we can make it more about our self-effort. And yeah. we take our eyes off of what's really important. And we take away the glory that God is supposed to get for stuff and make that for our own, our own glory. Um, yeah. And again, also filled with grace. Oftentimes, this is unintentional. Some, sometimes yeah. this is just busyness of life. We get into a routine. We just do things out of rote, you know, and just it's easier. And before we know it, we've really we're not really truly connecting with God. We're just doing it because it's we've trained ourselves to do it. And yeah. Paul wants the Galatians to make sure that they are experiencing the richness of the favor of God, the love of God, the especially the freedom. That comes through knowing Jesus.
1: Yeah, I I, I love that you went there because what's been I've been thinking about is, you know, before the before they became Christians, they would have been motivated completely out of fear. Um, you know, it was uh, the culture was all about there's a spiritual world, <laughs> and it does it is not good. It doesn't want good for us, and we need to do everything we can to sort of appease and stay out of the way and beg favor, right? And Paul's like, that's where you were. Now you you know this amazing God that you have come into the family and these other teachers are coming in and starting to plant fear in you that if you don't do other things, you don't really belong to the family. And like you said, it's not that those things are bad, but he's like, the, it's the motivation, right? He's like, you don't need to go back to that way of living where you do not feel the security um, yeah, that you yeah. now have in Jesus, right? Like this, you don't need more protection. You don't need an extra <laughs> extended warranty plan, right, right? Like, right? Like the first one covers everything. You don't need <laughs> to do this. So, well, yeah. also
0: just this warning about that, that uh, you can become enslaved, you know? Why would you want to be enslaved again by that stuff? Mm-hmm. i just you know it's really that simple why why yeah. would you want to go backwards to this for all the reasons we've discussed and probably a lot more you know um keep your eyes on jesus he's 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 the reason for the season don't you know Kristen? uh, <laughs> uh let's let's keep moving forward here uh 12 i'll read the next passage Uh, I plead with this verse 12, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that, if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth?
1: Mm. Yeah, talk about the personal plea here. He's, You know, it's like when you uh, think you're close to someone, and then, you know, you find out that that they're not supportive of you, or, or they may maybe talking behind your back or something. And Paul's like, I don't... What? you know what happened to our relationship like we had this you know and he really lays out how when he's there it's not under ideal circumstances he doesn't give us the the specifics but he's there under something something that is you know um not positive almost unintentional and what's more in the culture because they assumed that physical um, ailments were an, a reflection of your inner character. Whatever is going on would not have reflected uh, well on Paul and his character. So he's saying, even in that, even with that hurdle, you you accepted the you know the message of Jesus, and you treated me beautifully, and would have done anything for me. And now suddenly, these other teachers have come in, and not only are they leading you away, but they are. Um, they're obviously saying bad things about me as well. And, you, and getting in the middle of our relationship is not just that you're, you know, maybe thinking something else, you are being pulled away. Yeah. Um, you can really hear him in that.
0: You know, what strikes me in this is, is I'm remembering Jesus with the women at the well in Samaria mm. and how uh, quickly that town started to follow Jesus after his Mm. encounter or the woman's encounter with Jesus, however you want to say that, is that they saw something so drastically different in this woman that they came seeking Jesus. And it's pretty remarkable how this town turns to Christ. Yeah. And frankly, in history, how this woman is used to turn many people to Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so they didn't get a whole theological, you know. They they didn't <laughs> yeah. go to Sunday school. They didn't go through a membership class. They encountered change in this woman. And then they went and saw Jesus for themselves and they encountered the real Jesus. And then their lives were impacted and changed. Yeah. And all of a sudden things just began to break loose. They experienced a freedom they never had before yeah. in Jesus, and so I think. Right, Paul is saying, "Hey, you guys were like, you got it. Now what? No, it's not about all those things. And and of you know, again, the sickness he had, and uh, you said we don't we don't go through. He doesn't give details about that, but it was obviously not like this perfect. Dun dun dun." moment either. You know, there were some issues right. involved with the start of them right. hearing about Jesus, but they received it so freely and openly and wholeheartedly. Um, and so you can imagine Paul's turmoil and Paul's passionate plea here to get them to say, hey, turn your eyes back on Jesus. Again. Come on, guys. Come on, you guys.
1: Right. And, and it's such a personal affront it's not just a <laughs> well um you know it's okay if you don't want my offer like Paul is like you know how I become your enemy Yeah. because I told you this like like obviously this is cutting deep on all sides here yeah uh
0: to kind of wrap this up here the last few verses uh we'll just read through this there there's a couple good things in here I think Kristen I'm sure we're going to talk about um and if not that's okay we'll, we'll it'll be it'll be good Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us, so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. Oh, I like that a lot, Kristen. That's that's good right there. My dear children, (laughs) for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you.
1: Yeah, you know, you can hear. Not only is Paul worried about the substance of the message; not only is yeah. he worried yeah. that the Galatians are turning away. Uh, in addition to all of that, he's saying the reason these people are teaching you is not for your good. They are. They are. It's a power thing. He's saying, you know, they want you to be zealous for their message instead of the truth. Like, like that to me really struck me today, as we see, especially in um, the United States, where we're, you know, so many of us call ourselves Christians. So then our politicians find, oh, well, that's a, you know, a way to pull a lever and get people on my side. And uh, it's, it's really. A, such a subversive thing to did be, did you say to have something
0: or politicians? I didn't I'm say sorry. Pass, I'm sorry. I
1: said,
0: <laughs> that happens occasionally too, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, kinda... it, it's
1: like the worst possible thing, right? Yeah. It's to, it's the most against the message thing to use something so precious as some kind of power leverage, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of much more offensive than that,
0: right? Yeah, and I think um, Paul's being pretty clear here about the intention that this is for selfish reasons. This is to draw attention to themselves uh, for their own gain. Right. And that should be a warning for all of us, even in our context today. Whatever, whoever that person is, whatever situation, uh, but especially for our faith, especially when we're talking about um, the scriptures and who we're learning from and the groups we're a part of, the church we're a part of, um, it should be about Jesus. It should be about pointing people to Christ um, way more so than a figure or the Ooh. leader. And uh, I think that's just so important. And again, I think with all the best intentions, we just have to be careful because we can get wrapped up. I mean, we live in a nation where we idolize everything and the whole point is to get to the top, to be the one that gets idolized, uh, the one to be revered, the one who gets the respect and the attention and the fame.
1: Part of our nature as humans, I think, um, and, that's why we're so prone to idolizing the wrong things it's because we are made to idolize the one true god we're made to i mean that literally you know we are the idols we are the image of god that's what that means that's mm-hmm. why it is such a uh, um severe sin for us to make other things into the idols, right? We yeah. are supposed to be the image of God. Mm. Um and so we should be zealous for the good things, right?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I love yeah. Paul's yeah. father heart heart as a father here too. I just I just as a dad I'm reading this last section, this whole last section 17 through 20 here. You know, he wishes he could be with them. He wishes yeah. You know, he is, I am perplexed about you. He's worried about these guys, just like a father is a wayward child or a kid that's out an hour past curfew, you know, like just whatever the really easy kind of humorous context, or at least that you laugh at years later or um, really hard uh, things, just that he, you know, he's worried about these guys because they are like spiritual children to him yeah they're his kids too and so he's he's perplexed and he's concerned and the cool he's thing pretty is pretty
1: bold too right a man to say right. it's like i'm in childbirth yeah <laughs>
0: I I'm hadn't like, considered okay, that until on, you just come said. Come on,
1: Paul! Now, come on now, come on now. I'm feeling a little. I think you're getting a little. You know, a little.
0: I I, I tell you that what. That is not to negate anything I, you
1: just said because you are you are right. Spot on oh, absolutely. I but... I just
0: I I love <laughs> yeah, that yeah, you're yeah, a part yeah. of this because you're bringing <laughs> that woman's perspective into this. When you said he did, he's being pretty bold with it, chat that is absolutely awesome. Um and anyways uh man this is this is getting good Kristen. i i mean it's been good all along i hope but uh for our listeners but i tell you we just have uh we have the rest of four chapters five and six and they're not that long of chapters so we're getting there we're we're moving right along here through galatians and i'm just i just want to take a moment as a proud pastor and I know you feel this way too, Kristen, as a pastor yourself and Deborah House and as a leader over our network, um, that d- we're really going to be going all the way through Galatians, another book of the Bible. We've been through Ephesians. We've been through Acts. We've been through, th- we were a whole year in the book of John.
1: More than a year, I think. Wow, that's fantastic. You know, But fantastic, yes. Right? First John.
0: In First John, yeah. yeah. Yep, I mean, we yep. did Philemon, right? That was one right, whole chapter, right. but that we did the whole thing, <laughs> but, baby. Well,
1: man, what a great discussion that was, actually. But yeah. yeah.
0: Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are really, I just love that we are a church that are hungry for God's Word, that are hungry for to mm. re- read and learn more about the Scriptures, and also that we're a church, if I can indulge for a moment, Kristen, before we sign off, that encourages kids to learn more about the scriptures. Mm. We just in in Whitmer house, we have four kids, my two kids and my sister's two kids uh, that have been in Sunday or kids discipleship now for a little while together and are taught by Matt and Susie Zittle and my wife Devin and I just started I've done it twice in recent weeks but I'm jumping into that rotation on a somewhat regular basis. And Matt and Susie introduced them to a list, A to Z, of memory verses. So each verse starts with a letter of the alphabet, and it's a means for them to memorize verses. And this past Sunday, we celebrated all four of our kids in our church memorizing the, what is it, 25? Is that how many is in our alphabet? 26. 26 letters in our, is that really, or are you just joshing me?
1: No, I think so. I think so. Okay.
0: We're both going to be so embarrassed. We're counting right now. We're counting right now. And the survey says?
1: 26.
0: Wow. I seem to remember when I was in kindergarten, it was like 25. What? what? Well, you were homeschooled. I was No. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that Just is kidding. one of your Just fastest kidding. jokes Just
0: <laughs> at me ever. That was, I, I love every bit of that. Actually, I was... In pri- a private Christian school when I was in kindergarten, so and I guess <laughs> there's more jokes that can school. be. <laughs> oh, no i totally No, just totally dis- no dishing any private schools. <laughs> Absolutely school, so. not. Absolutely um, not. But uh, uh, anyways, 26 letters in the alphabet. That's 24 verses they have learned. 26 verses. My math <laughs> I did not do well in math. Well,
1: they, maybe so, there's a couple that they're a little fuzzy. On. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyways we celebrated them they actually recited all twenty all 26 i'm stuck on 24 for some reason they recited all 26 verses in front of our uh little house church and it was exciting there was energy in the room Kristen, as they got yeah, they got excited so about seeing who could they be the should. first to yeah. start and uh it was inspiring and uh so anyways I just, the, the scriptures are so rich. They're so good, and it's such a privilege to get to study them together, Ooh. Kristen, and to share this with our listeners, and uh, we just invite you guys. We have a joint Java Facebook page. You can jump on there. Um, be the first to know when a new episode drops. Uh, shoot us. We'd love to interact with you guys. If you have questions, if you have prayer requests, Private message us through there, um, or if you know us, you can private message us too. Send us emails at brian at pursuitfriends.org or kristen at pursuitfriends.org. Check out our church's Facebook page, just type in Pursuit Friends Church, and that's the best way to stay up to date on everything week to week that happens and, and that is going on at Pursuit Friends. We do have a website, pursuitfriends.org, and you can add the slash give on there if you'd like to give to the work that God is doing. At Pursuit, and we are excited for Christmas Eve uh, this year, Kristen, (laughs) as we are all going to be gathering at Deborah House Church um, with all of our extended family and whatever visitors decide they might want to pop in for that service. (laughs) We're going to pack your house (laughs) out. I hope you're ready. We are. All right. I'm ready. Um, Ready. I I offer my cleaning services beforehand.
1: Don't you just said that on the podcast? I I can
0: edit it out though. I just.
1: uh... (laughs) I still heard it, even if you edited it out. I heard it. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs)
0: Um, But we'd love to have you join us uh, if you're able and you don't have your own church family to uh, celebrate Christmas Eve with. We're going to meet at four thirty, and you can get the address for that and all the details on our Facebook page as well. Until next time, guys, we so appreciate you listening to us. We pray that God's favor and blessing will be upon you, that you have a wonderful uh, start to the holiday season. See you later.